0: I'm thinking something like... Hi, everybody. It's Amber. And I'm Melanie. Welcome to I'm Fine, It's Fun. <laughs> which we've been feeling, I feel like lately. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, for sure. I like how we we've both been in such a like place but we just greet each other i feel like there's like crazy water underneath us and we're just paddling up like hey how's it going you know
1: i'm doing good hurry yeah i'm fine yeah it's fine oh
0: but it was such a this episode was such a pleasure because it was just us i yeah
1: love those
0: i do too they're special they are they really Mm. are Mm -hmm. um and i I knew we were going to have fun with this one talking about narcissism.
1: Mm-hmm. Hot topic.
0: Yes. Because we've been bringing it up. Like Kaylee, our producer said, like, you guys have been talking about this a lot, but haven't like delved deep into it. And mm-hmm. I love the conversation. Me like I,
1: rel- I think it'll be helpful for people to hear some, to hear it talked about in a different way than just being thrown out there as a term. Um, yeah. And maybe understand some of the relationships.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's. <laughs> Even if you're like, oh, I don't have any relations to narcissism, we also talk about um, just showing up in relationships as a human. As a human. (laughs) Yeah. Which is really nice. You gave some Mm -hmm. great tips. And so I think this one is one of my favorites.
1: Really? Yeah. Love it. All right. Well, yeah. Give it a listen. Leave feedback. Tell us more what you want to hear. And Jai. (laughs) Thanks. Riley, I need you to calm down. She's picking up all my crazy energy.
0: Well, I want to say, how
1: are you? (laughs) I'm great. How are you? (laughs) I'm fine. Yeah, it's It's fine. fine.
0: (laughs) I'm glad that it's us two for this one.
1: Me too. I like these.
0: Yeah, they're really Mm -hmm. nice. And I feel like today, if we had someone else, it would be like...
1: A little chaotic? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We can manage the chaos together. We don't yeah. have to spread it to someone else <laughs> yeah.
0: So I'm excited about what we're talking about today because mm-hmm. I feel like especially on the internet, uh this is a really popular thing to be calling people now is a narcissist. Yes,
1: very common, overly used term.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. it makes me sad in my community, like the comedy community mm-hmm. um because I hear a lot of comedians use it. As an excuse not to be uh, nice to themselves. They're mm-hmm. like, well, I don't want to say good things about myself because that's narcissism.
1: <laughs> mm, yeah, there's so many layers to this, but actually, narcissists, like true narcissists, they don't like themselves very much. Oh, what? They don't. They, yeah, they're internally, they are, they've themselves very much, but they get this outwardly. Compensation, like overcompensating for that, they can't. They can't sit with that vulnerability and dislike of self, so it gets projected outward. Well,
0: like, see, I would think that I know that this isn't true, but mm-hmm. I would think that some comedians that that I just described would say, mm-hmm. "Yeah, that is me. I don't like myself." Mm-hmm. But I, they're not narcissists.
1: Yeah, I don't know that a narcissist would really, maybe a really aware one. I know that's there, but I don't know that a narcissist would say I don't like myself.
0: Oh. So what is an I mean, what is like <laughs> how would you define a, a narcissist? Like um, is there like a standard definition?
1: There is, and I don't know that I could regurgitate it, um, sure. but I can talk about it. We all have narcissistic traits, right? So no. we all have tendencies. We do. But it's it's a tendency. It's a but it doesn't when we look at what it's rooted in, how to actually get a diagnosis, very few actually meet that diagnosis to okay. be able to do that and say true narcissist and get diagnosed with it.
0: What, so, what's that? Like, what are those? Well,
1: what I look for and is like, there's a, and there's so many different types of narcissism. Oh my
0: gosh, Melanie. Yeah.
1: And like,
0: I'm a hypochondriac. So I'm like, I have it. <laughs> well,
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, I have one like, there's times where, I, I mean, I don't know if it's just cause I Around the stuff and reading it, and there's always like, I'm always like, Am I, is that something I'm doing? Mm-hmm. Is that and they're like, a narcissist wouldn't wonder if they were a narcissist. <laughs> um, but I remember wondering that when I was younger. Of like, is that me? Um, but what I kind of look for is narcissists are rarely going to be able to hear feedback and say, "You're right, I'm sorry, and mm. a change happened." So, someone who's emotionally immature, they can hear some of that feedback. They may not take it well on the front end, but they normally can sit with it and something they can hear it and it's not going to be a big blow up.
0: Right. Even yeah. if they don't apologize or something, mm-hmm. they, yeah.
1: Yeah. Now, there's something called a quiet narcissist. Oh my like I God. said, there's so many different, I don't even know all the ones, but it feels like I hear about a new one all the time. Um, but that, a quiet narcissist is going to turn it in towards themselves versus outwardly. Most of the times it's, it's, it's pushed outward.
0: In what way? Like
1: just the, so tell me, what do you think about when you hear narcissist?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, I'm sorry for listening to this. We can talk about it. Um, (laughs)
1: i'm scared of what you're about to say but please do this is i said i want to talk about something (laughs) juicy here we go (laughs) um
0: i have love for you i want you to know if you're listening to this but my grandpa
1: okay
0: heavy bro and Mm -hmm. to the point where it just like it feels like the energy is just sucked out and he had a really hard childhood where i can like see Mm -hmm. you know like he was abandoned by his family and like, you know, I can see the pain and the child in him and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. But like, it's, there's no, um, mm, there's no like crack in him where I see realness, you Mm -hmm. know, it's always, what can I get out of you? Mm -hmm. How can I manipulate you? Like, how can I get what I want? He's just done so many things where I'm like, whoa, Mm
2: -hmm. that
0: is an interesting choice to make Mm
1: -hmm.
0: where there's no care for other people's feelings at all.
1: Yeah. I would say being a narcissist isn't genetic. Okay. It is things that happen because of our experiences. It was a, a way to cope and move through life. And, um, <laughs> the dog is uh, <laughs> caught in our mic cords.
0: <laughs> the dog's like, speaking of talking about me, <laughs> your dog's being a narcissist right now.
1: <laughs> she, now she's just licking our producer. <laughs> she loves you. No, Hi. So narcissism isn't hereditary. We have experiences that create a lot of the dysfunction we have as humans. Okay. It's It's, a way to cope. It's a way to adapt and survive. And so it's. (laughs) That makes Um, me feel for
0: him, you know? Yeah. But I'm also like, you can't, it's how do you, I know this is like, I want to let you finish your sentence. mm -hmm. Go ahead and finish.
1: I don't remember. Go.
0: Okay. Mm -hmm. I just, it's, I'm with my grandpa specifically. I'm like, how do you, coexist with them how do you love them that may sound harsh but i'm like
1: no that's why there's people who specialize in working with people that have just gotten out of a narcissistic relationship
0: mm.
1: it is a whole other thing to heal from it's very abusive and i'll talk about the word manipulation that you brought up mm-hmm. um I, when i'm working with clients i clients that may feel shame around some of this stuff but when this comes to light, but I'm like, manipulation isn't necessarily negative. It just means we did something to get a certain outcome.
0: Wow. That's a so, kind way to look at that.
1: But we all do that yeah. to get our needs met Yeah, true. in one way or another. Narcissists just learned it at a different level.
0: Wow. That's such a kind way to <laughs> view
1: that. Well, if you're going to work with that as a therapist, you have to figure out how to have empathy for some of these things. It wow. doesn't excuse it, but you have to try to really understand at the core to connect with this person yeah,
0: yeah. have you worked with narcissists mm-hmm. oh.
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your yeah. face was like oh yeah like of course. and i've had them in my life <laughs> you know yeah um and it can feel very jarring but back to that manipulation mm-hmm. um some sometimes we we hear the term gaslighting a lot and i you know we may get some flack about this but i would say there's some things that feel like gaslighting because someone's just trying to get their needs met mm-hmm. and that term is also another overused one for yeah like gaslighting um but then it's like how do you know like the realness of is this something that's really happening normally you're going to feel like you're absolutely crazy <laughs> that is the no- one thing i know in school we had to uh, like watch videos or re- read vignettes and diagnose things And when it was always like, I can't figure this out. This feels crazy to me. I'm like, that's how I knew it was narcissism. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) Because it feels all over the place with different things. But that manipulation is, with narcissism, one of the main things you look for is what is the intent under the manipulation? Is there an intent to manipulate and cause harm? Versus
0: yeah,
1: we may... That's interesting. I mean, we do some simple things to try to manipulate and get an outcome. When we, I'm going to withdraw like attention or affection from someone because I want them to come closer and I'm not vulnerable enough to say, I'm hurt by you, will you talk to me? Mm -hmm. That's a manipulation tactic to get someone closer in relationship. That doesn't mean you're a narcissist, it means you don't know how to ask for your needs properly. A narcissist cannot hear that feedback and try to learn how to do it differently because they're getting something. That's how they're getting their needs met is that and they don't... To say, I did something wrong, Mm -hmm. that's matching up too much with how much they hate themselves.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: Like, they can't sit with it. And a lot of times I think they're very unaware of, like, how much they dislike themselves. they, And then it gets thrown outward to the people they're in relationship with and saying they need the other people to be responsible for making them feel good.
0: Right, right. It kind of reminds me of I have anxiety and when I uh you like when I get to like a 10 Mm -hmm. and it's like a tornado and I can't see anything else Mm -hmm. nothing really helps Mm -hmm. and it kind of reminds me of that of where they're like if they're like I need somebody near me and someone's like well just ask me Mm -hmm. they can't even like process is that does that is that the same thing not the same thing but is that kind of what you think is going on in their head where they're like no this is working for me I can't even like imagine having a conversation with you
1: no the i think the difference what that's rooted in is is not being able to connect one person's very triggered and can't connect to themselves to ask for needs a narcissist is just that's their way of functioning i'm not gonna meet somebody else's needs like it is about my own right like they can't sit in other people's stuff like that does that make sense kind
0: of i mean is this is, like, a big jump, but, like, sociopaths where they can't, like...
1: <laughs> that is a big jump. <laughs> <laughs> and not anything as and <laughs> i specialize in. Interesting. But I don't know if I want to try to speak to that topic okay. right now. I think I'm just... Okay. I may not understand your question. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, earlier, you were like, we all have narcissistic traits.
1: Yeah.
0: I guess I'm just trying to understand more about how you would differentiate? Like, I can't understand what what's going on in the brain, mm. thought process when a narcissist compared to someone who just can't get their needs met or like isn't emotionally capable.
1: Okay, I'm going to go with what I work with a lot is narcissistic mothers. called okay. maternal narcissism. Oh,
0: that sounds cool. <laughs> that sounds like the meatiest.
1: It is very common in, in clients I work with, but the difference is like... Um, so examples of that might be like when you have feelings, your mother always gets bigger about them. Um, you, when it's like, you're more valued for the things you do than the things you are. Mm. that makes sense? Mm-hmm. Um,
0: the feelings thing, what do you mean? Like if you're sad, she's like, well, I'm sadder.
1: Well, it may not be that direct If I'm sadder, but it's kind of like, Hey, I'm, it's all about how it affects them.
2: Mm. Like you're having,
1: you know, trouble or feelings around something. It's like it's about how it's affecting or appearing to other people outside. They're more concerned about that than actually your feelings and needing to help and show up in that. Got you. It's like this is gonna make it hard for me. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Like I, they can't hear those needs. It's really about how it affects them. gotcha So that's where that selfishness, what that can look like okay um just really if you were a, a child who was always tending to the needs of a parent mm-hmm. um, whether it's when they're sick um or like you spending most of your time trying to navigate your parents feelings and make sure they were okay it didn't leave much room for yours and that's mm-hmm. where i'm seeing clients where they don't know how to feel what they're feeling they don't know how to identify it they don't know how to that they can have needs how to how to identify them or ask for them. Um, and the difference in what I learned was, like working with them, I'm like, have you ever given your mom feedback as an adult around your relationship? And if they have and some, a change happens, I'm like, that's a, an emotionally immature parent.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: If they're like, yeah, and it was a blow up every time, probably dealing with a more narcissistic parent. But even then, I kind of have a thing I run through to kind of give them an idea of, like, what their childhood probably felt like in mm-hmm. um, some of those examples.
0: If, if it was a narcissistic parent.
1: Yeah, and I just say the more yeses, the more likelihood that's what you're dealing with. What are some of those things? Well, some of the things I was just naming, Okay, you know, um, being valued more for what you did versus, you know, who you are. Mm. Um, but I think that's a big key element of, like, the needs are always on the parent you didn't really learn how to get those needs met here. Gotcha. But that feedback piece um, tends to be how I, you know, a big indicator of like, can they receive feedback and hear it? Um,
0: that's, yeah, that's a big one. is it,
1: hey, telling a parent, I, I'm not getting this need met. And does the parent respond with, well, I guess I'm just a shitty parent. Mm-hmm. Or, I'm sorry, I didn't know you know, how, how can we do that different? Yeah. That's the difference.
0: The shitty parent thing is probably narcissism. Yeah. Can you, I mean,
1: not, I'm not, none of this is black and white. So I want to make clear about that. that if anybody's listening and says, my parents done that, they're a That's not, that's not the case. It's always, it's never black and white. You know, yeah. Are the whole you, picture.
0: are you like hesitant to call somebody a narcissist? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It's more of, I think in terms of, there's always some love there's a I always say the pendulum swings <laughs> right it you know it's it's all over the place and so it's always I'm looking at what are, there's tendencies there's different degrees of, of everything yeah yeah
0: just the I like what you said the more yeses it's like probably more
1: No, yeah, probably more this is what you experienced
0: <laughs> can narcissism be healed
1: I think a narcissist can become aware of of how they are operating and aware of their internal selves and work on that to where they can, just like anything, when we become aware of our attachment styles and realize mm-hmm. we're anxious and we operate a certain way, when people, we feel like we're losing people, we can become aware of that and we can learn to heal the part that, that learned to operate that way. Okay. So, um the chances of that happening are pretty slim. If it's a true diagnosis of that, um, it's just really hard for them to self-reflect.
0: That's so like, wh- I mean, I feel like we all went through hard things as a kid. I'm just curious as to, I mean, I guess we all choose our coping skills, but mm-hmm. I'm just curious as to what in the brain or what make would make someone choose to go that route.
1: Well, I would say again, there's no clear cut answer. um, But when you look at your parents, are the first people you have relationships with. Mm -hmm. If you have a parent that operated that way, that's how you learn to be in relationship. Like, I feel like I learned some of those manipulation tactics. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think I had a true narcissistic parent, but I think they heavily operated that way and was not aware. And they even got, sometimes I got, well, I guess I'm just a shitty parent, mm-hmm. you know, but there are also other times where I could really give some feedback and they heard it mm. and did something different. Um, so I, I had very emotionally immature parents. So it's being able, like seeing where that feedback come from, like, but we, as a child, I learned some of those like immature behaviors right. around getting needs <clears throat> met, you know? We all do. And so when yeah. I, yeah. So that's, I'm kind of like, when you look at where'd you learn how to be in relationship, it's from those first caregivers. Yeah. You know, and if that's what you saw, that's what you learned. And you maybe don't know different. If you had friends or first relationships of people that behave the same way, you're like, this doesn't seem any different than what I'm used to. Yeah. Right.
0: Well, if someone's listening and I just feel like, <laughs> If, if, you know, if they're like, oh maybe I am a narcissist or I see some people on TikTok who actually like are like, I'm a narcissist and they talk from that perspective, which is Mm -hmm. really interesting, Mm -hmm. but it just seems like such a big title to give somebody. Like, I don't think anybody wants to be labeled anything,
1: right you know,
0: Mm -hmm. like, what would you tell someone if they're like, Oh no, I think that's me.
1: Get curious, read and learn more about it. But. Again, like I said before, I'm not sure that a true narcissist would even question if they were or not.
0: (laughs) So if you're not questioning.
1: (laughs) I mean, I don't think you would be curious about that.
0: Oh, yeah. How to like, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, Because that's worrying. Nothing's
1: wrong with them. It's the victim. They're always the victim. Yeah. They're never responsible for it. So it's one. That's another one. If when things happen, it's always because something else somebody did.
0: Oh, my gosh. This is my grandpa.
1: Yeah. That's another big sign but i mean we all can do that until we learn to take responsibility for our own stuff but yeah it's kind of all the stuff piled on each other mm-hmm. with a history of it
0: right mm-hmm. i wonder if there's any cases of like someone being not a narcissist anymore maybe with psychedelics <laughs> i don't know
1: <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i know someone else who did a podcast and had someone on that I don't know if they were an expert in that, or if he actually was and talked about it. But mm. I think there are people that are aware of it and talk about it. But
0: and just force themselves to try to care about other people's.
1: Well, I'm wondering experience. if that's, if it's another manipulation tactic. Sometimes, yeah, maybe you never. Yeah. Know, and that's the thing you never really know, like what is authentic stuff with with someone. If that, if I that feel like it would true come through diagnosis. though.
0: You know, They're cause sneaky. if you're not getting, they are They're sneaky. sneaky. Yeah. <laughs> well, how do you, okay. So how do you, you yeah. know, with my grandpa, I've just like really cut a lot of ties, you know, yeah. and there's only one family member he has left
2: mm-hmm.
0: and he literally will be like, this is the only one I have left. I'm like, I wonder why, Yeah, you know, how do you love, how do you be in relationship with a narcissist?
1: If you are going to choose to be in a relationship with a narcissist i would say you need to like i always say how do you how are you going to be the healthiest happiest version of yourself and if it has to be within the context of something difficult like that you got to have really good boundaries um there's i know there's a technique they teach about being the stone like a rock that basically when those things start coming at you You kind of just like really put this wall up to let them, like not let them internally like get to you. I feel that. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's really just trying to create some physical and emotional boundaries um, so that you're least affected by it. And if you really think, if it's really hard to separate from that, then working with a therapist or someone that can help you and support you as you in that.
0: Man. Mm
1: -hmm. That's wrong. I once I, I'm very visual, and so I will talk about. And I think this is in general relationships, but I I guess I want to speak to um, people that find themselves in those relationships and then get out of them, and then maybe even find themselves in another relationship like that. Of like, how did or like, I had a parent like that. How did I end up in a relationship? Or I was so strong. Um, and had great self esteem. And then I started dating this person, and I just like turned into this like mush that could be manipulated. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of shame around, like, you know, how did I get it, myself into that? And so that's a lot of work to be done out like after you get out of that relationship. But that, um, the, I guess the visual I was talking about is if you, I think of like a yin and yang, like there's a circle, but they're equally. Taking up space, the dark and light shades. Right. and so if you think about that circle being the relationship circle, mm-hmm. then a narcissist or someone, I say, that has to take up a lot of space within that circle. They look for partners that take up little. Space, oh wow, two oh, can't oh, fit in a circle, heart. right? So if you take that visual of the yin and yang, I'm normally drawing on my whiteboard in my office, <laughs> um, but if we have like whether it's from growing up in really like learning, we have to stay small, Yeah, stay out of the way, not have emotions or needs. We learn to be small in relationship with others. And then we go out into the world and these other people are big and take up a lot of room in relationship. And that's how those are drawn together. Wow. And so when I'm working with clients, I'm normally working for them to learn to take up more space themselves and then those relationships with people that they learn really quickly people that come in and try to take up all the space. So it's to help navigate and learn how to heal that part of themselves that said you have to be small, mm. whether that came from an adult relationship or kind of got put in places in childhood.
0: That's so, I think that's thank you for sharing that. That's so mm-hmm. important that because mm-hmm. I know, uh, like personally, some people that have like totally stopped talking to my grandpa. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they have really thought about the long-term effects that relationship has had Mm -hmm. on them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: How do you, how do you, like what are some of the ways you encourage people to take up space? Cause that's gotta be Mm -hmm. a big journey.
1: (laughs) Well, one first, even learning that they have, they have needs and emotions and want to be heard. Right. Yeah. Just really teaching them. Like there's just, sometimes I'm talking to women about like, Consensual sex—you'd be surprised by how many times assault happens within the context of a relationship mm-hmm. that you're in, um, and women thinking they owe it to their partner, even if they don't want to. Um, those kind of situations. So it's like sometimes when you're telling someone, you get to have boundaries, and here's what this looks like. It's like brand new information. They're like, "Really?" I'm like, "Yeah, no, <laughs> like." And so I think even just the act of therapy and having, when you're there as the client, that's your space. Like you, you get, and so as the therapist, giving them autonomy to like, you can sit wherever you want. Mm. You can turn, you want the lights, so you want the curtains dim, you want the clocks turned around. Yeah. Um, I have a therapy dog in the room. If they, and I explained, the therapy dog gets to, she gets, you can call her up on the couch. But she also can get down if she wants. Mm-hmm. She gets to choose when she interacts and where she gets to be. And for sometimes uh, humans haven't done that. And when they see an, an animal in the room getting that right, they're like, oh, like that. It it kind of hurts them. Well, it makes them realize like, well, th- then I, I should get that too. And so it, it's a slow process for sure, like trying to teach someone to take up space yeah but i would say finding helping them find ways and relationships and community and also being someone that offers for them to take up space and encouraging them to do that um when we're a lot of times trying to work through some of those relationships one it's trying to understand what your experience of it was if that was in a you know whether it's with a parent or in a relationship but then being able to understand then what are your needs or the messaging that got put in place from that relationship and being able to use that like processing. If it's, I'm not worth anything, then Mm -hmm. we're going to, we're going to work through and process to get to like knowing your value and your worth that may lead to better boundaries. And the goal is never to say, let's cut this person out. Sometimes that's needed because safety is needed. Um, or the, it's just impossible to have any sort of relationship that's not harmful someone so that's absolutely needed sometimes but um grieving if it's especially if it's a parent grieving we didn't have the parent that we needed yeah right Um, yeah and i hear so much well they did the best they could and i'll say yeah but that doesn't mean you got your needs met (laughs) right yeah we use it as like an excuse sometimes of like well he loves me and he's done some nice things still doesn't mean that you're being treated Way you need to yeah that you should have so there's working through the messaging and what it did to your internal self because you we kind of i don't know if you leave someone alone to a narcissist for too long they'll eat them alive bro <laughs>
0: it's like it's like a dementor from <laughs> harry potter Just. well it,
1: it's like their internal voice becomes all the shit that's been fed to them without any other outside source telling them and, and like feeding into the positive you're okay. You can take up space. Right. You have feelings. They're valid. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. The, I know a, a common thing that's talked about now is the intent versus impact. Mm-hmm. That always is a, a, a big thing. And sometimes we say, well, I didn't intend to hurt your feelings when someone comes to us and says, Hey, what you did hurt. Right. And so we get kind of, and I'm, I'm guilty of this too. In the past of learning in a relationship, like I'm like, I didn't do anything wrong. I need you to know that I'm not, I wasn't trying to be harmful. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And they just needed me to know, you hurt my feelings. And me saying, but I didn't mean to felt very invalidating. And I had to learn that. And we would go round and round in circles, both kind of like getting in tears about it. Because we're like, we can't meet and we can't understand and move through this. And then it, so it took a while to learn, like, even though I didn't mean to, What's really needed is for me to validate the experience of the other person. It wasn't about if I was a bad person or not. But that was the <sighs> internal message I was working from. Wow, wow, I wow. Hurts people.
0: That's so big. I relate to that <laughs> so much and I feel like a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. That and it oh man, it makes me <laughs> want to cry because that takes so how do you how I'm sure there's several ways, but how do you validate that without feeling like Validate what? How do you validate that their experience is real? without feeling like you're just being like, okay, I'm sorry. I'm terrible. Like feeling mm-hmm. terrible.
1: You have to get to a place first where you know you're not the thing that's getting triggered. <laughs> <laughs> cause, cause no one can get their needs met if someone's triggered.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's like, get, get grounded again before you keep trying to have a conversation. But I had to get to a place if, if my biggest fear was who I am hurts people. Yeah. And someone saying you're hurting me. I'm like, oh shit, I do. I am someone that hurts people. So I'm constantly going to try to defend that and it's going to trigger me when someone's trying to tell me that, right? When I get to a place where I'm like, yeah, I'm human and I'm going to hurt people, but I'm not at my core someone who hurts people on purpose. Then when someone comes to tell me, hey, this hurt me, I can hear it from their perspective without anything getting triggered. I always say, with my clients, we talk about filters all the time. I'm like, what are your filters? I imagine like a window screen in front of us. And we every time we have an experience, it's like, you're not good enough. I'm not lovable. Like, that's how we filter information. It's how we filter conversations with people yeah. and experiences. That's what I try to work on in therapy with people is we got to clear that screen off. Because when you're not dealing with those beliefs of self anymore, those negative beliefs, and you know, I'm good then when someone talks to me and says something that was hurtful, I know it's not personal to me anymore. I know it's just their experience. Because guess what? They've got a whole thing of experiences too that's their filters on. Yeah. So if they're living with, I don't deserve to be loved. And I say something that makes them feel that way. That's going to get triggered. So a lot of times you've got, everybody's triggers are just going at it. Yes. Their past experiences, not in the present moment. So the work is getting some of that healed for yourself so that even when someone in front of you is triggered, it's not triggering your own stuff and you can, and that's what moving more into a secure, like an earned secure attachment mm-hmm. in a relationship is an a, a what secure it's called earned secure. So you've heard of attachment, like mm-hmm. avoidant and anxious, anxious avoidant. So atta- like securely attached. And so,
0: but earned,
1: meaning you've done the work from okay. your attachment and you are now, Wow. Work through and now working from a secure
0: got you. That that example you just gave of some I mean, I feel like all relationships (laughs) can relate to this. Mm -hmm. Just like communication, you know, just yeah, that makes so much sense. I'm so glad we're talking about this. Do you take like sometimes um do you take a minute? Like if even though you know you're Mm -hmm. like, I'm a good person, I didn't mean to hurt anybody. Mm -hmm. I guess it varies on the situation, but sometimes you if you're feeling that where you're like i didn't do anything wrong
1: mm-hmm.
0: are you just like i need a minute mm-hmm. okay i
1: would say take a beat it's the best thing you can do like the first automatic response to something if you're feeling something take a beat yeah figure out what just got triggered because if you're if you're feeling a trigger it's your own stuff <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the other person probably said something shitty, Mm -hmm. but the reason it felt so shitty is because of your own stuff.
0: (laughs) That's so real. That's so real. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: That's hard to, I mean, actually, I mean, it is difficult, but it's actually so much better.
1: It is better. You've got to learn what triggers you, what being triggered feels like, how to recognize it, how to step out of that and get grounded again how to check in with what i'm feeling what do i need and how do i go express that
0: right because mm-hmm. your happiness then isn't dependent on someone else's actions it's like i can just yeah. live my own life and be happy mm-hmm. no matter what you know
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. why why are you giggling <laughs> i can live my life happy no matter what <laughs> feels like a really heavy statement <laughs> I, not, not that you I won't was always thinking, be no, sad I was thinking in my head is that possible <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was thinking yeah man I, I do mean, think it's possible to have that most of the time yeah Again, nothing's always say it's both and not either or
0: yeah yes yeah <laughs> I know I've <laughs> I've been talking about this book a lot um <laughs> it's almost becoming culty a little bit but uh that book that i've been reading living mm-hmm. from surrender mm-hmm. he was just like you know if you practice this enough this way of living you'll wake up and be really freaking stoked to get out of bed cuz you just feel so much love so much excitement for life like la i'm like wow that sounds like a lot and mm-hmm. maybe unattainable a little bit but also i i i do see like talking about that where you just are like more aware mm-hmm. that you know just deal with what's in here and Mm -hmm. what's going on out here really has nothing personally to do with you. you Yeah,
1: I'll put it this way. I think that, um, before I did some of that work to learn, like I'm, I'm not someone who intentionally, I'm not a bad person all of my actions were to try to make sure I wasn't being bad and I wasn't being perceived
0: girl. That way. Amen. Right? Girl. <laughs> and can I <laughs> that's add, I, that's why I say sorry pleasing. a lot.
1: Yeah. So I, I, yeah. I yes. I say that all the time, but that's why you go into people pleasing. Cause you're trying to manage perceptions because you fear that yourself and anything out here that happens that you're like, I don't want this to agree with it, oh, right? Yeah. And so when you hear someone sharing feedback that might agree with that, our first, we go defensive,
2: mm-hmm. right?
1: And so being able to get to a place where I know I'm a good person, then my, my motivation and, and outlook isn't trying to manage all of that. <sighs> I have a lot more of my energy back. Yes, I get to operate as myself instead of managing everyone else's needs. Mm-hmm. And so the way I think probably what that that book is getting at is that you can enjoy your life much better. Because now I like I said, I know there's going to be times where I hurt people and I don't try to shame myself or mm put myself down. I used to be like, you've got to be humble. You cannot think anything good about yourself or else it you will it will knock you down off your high horse. You won't be aware of when you're hurting somebody. Yeah. If you aren't always putting yourself down. Yeah. I called it being humble <laughs> from church perspective. Yeah. But I learned just had really bad self esteem and thought I was awful. Right? Yes. But now that I I've learned different and healed that part of myself, now my confidence is I'm gonna hurt somebody but mm. i trust those in relationship will come to me. My job is to make sure they know they can and to be in an open conversation when they do. That's I can there's so much relief in that. With, That's wonderful. When you can just go through the hard stuff in the present moment than to always trying to manage outcomes and Everything's
0: good, nothing's bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, it, it is a more peaceful place to live from. That doesn't mean you won't ever run into issues but you can move through them so much different. Yeah. When when you're healed, when you're from a place of healing some of those wounds.
0: I love that. And uh, um just to like touch back on the comedian thing with that yeah. uh not feeling not feeling like you can be when you were like, "Oh, I can't be proud of myself or like <laughs> I don't know, confident mm-hmm. that like I'm a good person. I'm good at what I do. Like all these compliments or whatever to yourself
1: we're taught we're not supposed to think that way about ourselves (laughs) we're not the i mean yeah who teaches us that i don't know (laughs) you know how they say they say it's they (laughs) is it us (laughs) like (laughs) society culture yeah you're not being humble or gracious if you think of yourself as beautiful or successful or charming or any of those things Mm. i don't know
0: yeah, it's weird. Mm-hmm. Like I'm feeling right now I kinda have a I'm I'm much better, but I'm like I still have this fear of like, oh, if I'm too confident, something bad will happen that I'm not aware of. Like I gotta mm-hmm. be yeah, alert. That's
1: kinda what I was talking about. Yeah. Just be aware, stay humble so you'll be aware of all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. But I think you'd kinda asked earlier, maybe before we started recording, that the difference in having confidence mm-hmm. and being narcissistic. Because a lot of comedians will label themselves narcissistic. Yes. Yeah. Well.
0: If they say one good thing about themselves.
1: (laughs) That's not narcissistic. That's just having, I mean, but it is confusing. I would say it's being used in a way to manipulate versus, there's so many layers. I think one is you have confidence in yourself. I think you fall in that category. Mm -hmm. You have great confidence in you exude it and it gives other people other permission to do it like you the confidence comes from being yourself yes versus you can tell some confidence is more like ego
0: yeah like protection
1: well yeah like even when and this is not to describe narcissists but like when someone name drops a lot Mm -hmm. or i'm doing this or do that like that is like it's false confidence Mm -hmm. it's building on something other than from within right right yeah and so you say everything's like degrees. And then I think when you get to someone narcissist using confidence is a way to a manipulation tactic in mm-hmm. some way.
0: Yeah. And yes. That <laughs> makes so much sense. And I feel like a major part of that too, is that a narcissist wouldn't be like, I'm being narcissistic.
1: Right. <laughs> and there's our ego,
0: which mm-hmm. is the,
1: there's a, to me, I hear insecure part of self that we have to overcompensate for. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so that the energy of it feels very different when someone's just confident and just I've never gotten narcissistic vibes around you just so you know. Yes, I don't You're feel narcissistic okay. at all. <laughs> <Good>. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> far from it. Um yeah.
0: Well, that was yeah. wonderful. Yeah. I I mm-hmm. hope that helps some people. I mean, it definitely mm-hmm. helped me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> I will say this really quick before we wrap up and we'll put it in the notes. So remind me to do this, but it's a little thing I kind of give clients as an example to when we say take a beat, Mm -hmm. it's kind of run through this. Like, can you fill in the blanks? So, and this is a way you can slow down. Both partners can do it and take turns doing it, but it's, it's a little bit of like dialectic, like learning how to talk so that Beautiful. we can be heard and understood. Love it. But it's, I feel blank with an emotion, feeling the emotion. When, feeling the event that just happened that triggered that emotion. Okay. Uh, this reminds me of a time when. Oh, girl, um, come on now. But do you see how on automatic- my vulnerability. Yes. <laughs> <you're asking. laughs> <laughs> but if you're in close relationship with someone, you're trying to really talk through something.
0: Immediately you're gonna be like, Oh my god.
1: (laughs) Well it helps build empathy instead of defense.
0: Totally. Right? Yes. Plus
1: when you say it reminds me of a time when if we're triggered, it is something past in the present. So this reminds me of a time when Mm. and so you're and you're telling the partner, I just felt this way, and it reminds me of when my parent did that. Yeah. The message that gave me is I'm not good enough. Right. And then it's what I need is. Wow, and it can be a stated need, and what that looks like for me is, <laughs> and that can be a boundary, a different behavior change, Wonderful. so different needs like like that to be heard, yes, or validated. So it helps you slow down what you're feeling, why you're feeling it, and what you need in result in being able to state that.
0: I love that the
1: person on the receiving end of that statement is you can stop at each sentence if you want, but the other person can say. What I'm hearing you say is, because when you're in conversation, if you're triggered, like, when's lunch sounds like you're a bad spouse, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? Yeah, yeah. And so what I'm hearing you say is, and, and repeating back to the person, did I get it right? It gives the person a chance to clarify. That makes sense to me because that makes sense that that just triggered you when I know you've had this experience in your past, right? You see how you're becoming teammates to work through this instead of blaming each other. That makes sense to me because, and then it's, I can or can't meet that need you're asking for. So it could be, yeah, absolutely. can do that. Or I couldn't do that, but I can do this. Wonderful. It's just being able to state your needs doesn't mean it's going to get met and you got to be okay with that and know how to move through that because that's you're not always going to get every need met from Mm. your partner or anybody you're in relationship with but you got to keep learning how to balance and do that and when someone asks for needs you don't have to meet it just because your spouse finally started telling you what their needs were you can still check in and say well i can't do that but i can do this that's a boundary love that yeah so that's a, a little helpful tool to help Identify what you're feeling and express that in a way that can actually be heard. Because as soon as you start the statement with you, (laughs) you did. You made me feel. No, they didn't.
0: Yeah. (laughs) But their their
1: listening goes off and their defenses go up and they don't really hear much after that.
0: Yes. That's wonderful. And I want to add too, and let me know if you agree, but if someone is like, I can't meet that need, but I can do this. If you still feel like. Oh, I need like, I feel like you can under negotiation. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you yourself Mm -hmm. can ask yourself, how can I help my needs? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
1: yeah. And not relying on just that one person to meet that need. Right. Like if it's, I know some might be very specific to that relationship, but when you drill down, it's really a basic need. Yes. That may not be of met in, in childhood or something. Right. Yeah.
0: Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you so much. I love yeah. you. This
1: is a. Fun. I love you too. This was a great one. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah, it's awesome.
0: Thank you guys for listening. Mm-hmm. uh Make sure you're sharing and rating, reviewing. It helps a lot. And we're mm-hmm. so glad you're here. Keep messaging us with the feedback and, yeah. and sharing. We love you.
1: And I, I love, love you, you so much. For <laughs> Thanks for listening to I'm Fine, It's Fine podcast. I am trauma therapist, Melanie Reese, and you can find me across all platforms at Trauma Therapy Nashville.
0: My name is Amber Autry. I am a comedian here in Nashville and internationally touring. You can find me on all platforms at Amber Autry Comedy. And while you're at it, make sure you're liking, subscribing, sharing, rating, reviewing this podcast. I know that sounds like a lot, but it helps so much. And we're, we're having a good time. Mm-hmm. We're healing. It feels good. Mm-hmm. So just like, just a little extra sauce, sharing it with a friend, rate and review it. It really helps and we appreciate it.
1: Yeah. And if you have a topic or um, conversation that you want to hear us talk about or a story you'd like to share on your own, shoot us an email at imfinesometimes at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening.